We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Fired up. We talked about last week in Elijah, you know, he was put into this place to where culture was worshiping all kinds of gods. And we have that in our culture today. All roads lead to one God, everybody says. Blending of relationships and religions. And, and they just say, as long as you're passionate, it'll be okay. We know that's not true. We know that God through his son said there's one door, Jesus Christ. The only way, the only truth, the only life. But today I want to talk about another situation that all of you get placed in all the time. As a pastor, I get placed in this all the time. And so I want to talk about getting fired up, stand up. Last week we talked about that convictions shape our conduct. We spent an entire summer talking about faith. Well, faith without works is dead. So now we're getting into the works part of it. We've got to take our faith and we've got to live it out. And when you have convictions, it's going to shape your conduct. Convictions will fire up conflict. How do you know that? When you don't agree with everybody else, you're having conflict. Convictions send a message. The way you live every day sends a message. And convictions cause a choice. A choice. Everybody must choose. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choices. Today I want to talk about fire. Fire is a wonderful, wonderful thing when it's kept in control. It can heat your house. A wonderful fireplace. Uh, Sandy loves a fireplace and, and she loves the fire poker. And she is constantly poking the fire. I'm just like, just leave it alone. No, I, I got to keep it poked and stoked. And she loves that part of it. But fire, when it gets out of control, can cause a lot of damage really quick, can it? And I want to tell you that we need fire in our lives. We burn off the fields in Oklahoma in the springtime. I mean, just burning off the fields, but it's controlled fire. It's a controlled burn. Why? Because in the future, it's going to be a blessing. It's going to bring about something better. I got to tell you, you're going to have fires. You got to just understand, is it in control or is it out of control? Is it preventative? How many of you were a kid, you had fire drills? Remember those? You know, fire drills? How many of you had them in your home? You got to have one in your home. You got to have a plan. You got to make sure that everybody knows where to go, how to get in touch with the fire department. Where are the fire extinguishers? What kind of fire detection do you have? You see, we have all that figured out here in the church and we've got a plan together. And so we've got to make sure that we're ready for fires. As a kid, I love fire trucks. How many fire truck lovers we got in here today, man? I love the fire truck, man. The, the big horns, the sirens, the lights, the Dalmatian, all of that, yeah. That's why I had a Dalmatian one time as a dog, because of the fire truck and 101 Dalmatians. It's amazing how things influence our life, isn't it? But in, in your life, you're going to have what I call fire starters. Fire starters. Convictions will cause fires to get started in your life. We have two words that used to have meanings that have been changed in the last few years, especially in our culture. The two words are compromise and tolerance. Compromise and tolerance. T 
tolerance used to mean that you just respected another person, even if they had different opinions and different choices in life, you respected them, you had tolerance. But today our culture has changed that word to mean that if you are tolerant, you not only respect that person, but you accept that person and you approve of their choices. And see, in the church, in the word of God, that kind of tolerance is not taught. And so today if we as Christians have convictions and we can still have tolerance and respect one another as human beings and love one another as human beings, but if we don't accept and approve, then we have labels put on us that that we are elitist, exclusivist, that we are homophobic, that we are bigots, all those words. And today we need to have convictions, but convictions will start fires in your life and will cause you to be tempted to compromise. Compromise. These words are changing Christianity today. The word of God says that our God is a consuming fire. We talked about that last week, that I want God to to consume all the wood, hay, and stubble in my life, don't you? And I said, oh, so, you know, bring your bull with you. Uh, Elijah put the bull on the altar too. Sometimes we, we can, you know, talk a good game and then all of a sudden we've got a lot of bull mixed in there. God needs to consume that too. Just talking straight with you because we need church people today and pastors today just to talk straight because when we walk out of here, we are confronted with all kinds of challenges. We're confronted with all kinds of challenges. And so we need fire drills. But you have a fire drill before the fire happens, right? You don't all of a sudden have a fire in the kitchen and go, oh, Everybody sit down, let's get a plan together. What are we going to do? No, you have a fire drill, a fire plan before the fire happens. If you wait until the fire happens, you're too late. And I have found, I've seen it through 30-something years of ministry, a lot of Christians never plan for fires in their life. They don't plan what they're going to do when it happens. They wait until it happens, and in that moment, a lot of times they make really bad choices. Their convictions, compromise, tolerance, choices, all of this stuff gets all put into one pot. There's a lot of fires. Sometimes it's a fire of sickness. We've had that fire in our lives. You've had it in yours if you've lived long enough. Sickness, your health, your challenges of that. You've had fires of of finances, going through good times and all of a sudden everything's gone, all burned up. You've had fires of your kids just going crazy. Uh, I, I, we had teenagers, I know what it's talking about. They just go stupid for a little while. You don't know what's going on. And you, you, you know, you go like, God, it seems like the enemy's just consuming them, burning them up. Uh, sometimes marriages go through times that's real, just burned up and dry as all get out. And you gotta, you gotta take that and say, what's going on here? And sometimes you get into such fires in your life that you go, God, are you real? Do you love me? Are you there? Do you care? Fires. A lot of times will destroy Christians if they don't have a plan. If you haven't had fire drills in advance. Uh, I was raised a PK, a preacher's kid, and that's a very different life from everybody else in the world. Uh, We lived in a fishbowl. Everybody looked at us in our little fishbowl. And everybody in the community, everybody in the church, Overall, they, they, they watch with microscopic vision every little thing you do. I was not a good preacher's kid. I wasn't. I didn't sit on the front pew and, and you know, shout and praise God and all that. I didn't do that. I sat on the back pew 
had my pockets full of paper and rubber bands to shoot spit wads at the older ladies' heads in the back. And also, I would crawl up under the pews and, and thump some of the older ladies' legs. And they would jump and holler, and my dad thought the Holy Spirit just hit, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was me. But there were also times that my dad, while he was preaching, would call me to the front, right in the middle of the message, and I'd have to walk up there, they would walk of shame. But people watched every little thing. They, they knew all the grades I made in every topic, and, and they would kind of look at, the, what kind of grades is the preacher's kid making? Uh, what kind of friends does he have? What is he wearing? What is he saying? What is he doing? And they did it with my mom and my dad and all the microscopic evaluations, and that's why, as a young man, I determined I'm never going to be a preacher. Never. That will never happen. I don't want my wife and kids to go through that microscopic evaluation constantly. And God has a sense of humor. I don't think he's funny, but he thinks he's funny. So here I am preaching and in a fishbowl and people watch everything I wear and everything I say and how I fix my hair and all those things. And, and, and that's okay because that's where God's placed me and that's where God has placed you in life. But we've got to be ready. Uh, listen, people say a lot of mean things. And so if you're a preacher's kid, what you do, if people say mean things, you just go out in the parking lot during church and you take a knife and slash the tires. You key their cars. No, you don't do any of that. Just kidding. You go through the fire. You walk through it. You learn how to deal with fire. So today I want to talk about another fire situation. You've got this king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is taking over uh, Jerusalem. They're taken captive, and he's over the Babylonians. And so King Neb goes into the Jerusalem camp and looks at all their people and looks at all their young men. And from those, he takes the brightest and the best young men of Jerusalem. He takes the ones that are the smartest, the fittest, and he brings them into Babylon. And then for the next few years, they learn the Babylonian language. They learn the Babylonian culture. They learn how to dress, how to eat, all those things. And he trains them. And these guys are trained by the best of the Babylonians. Then he takes and elevates these men to positions that are high up in the kingdom. I mean, these men have been given positions because he knows that if he gives these Jews high position, they will then influence the nation of Jerusalem to worship as the Babylonians worship. And so... They were living a pretty cushy lifestyle. They had the best of everything, lived in a wealthy homes, had servants. And then we have a fire situation. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to um, the book of Daniel chapter 3. Verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So this statue, I want you to get this, is 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, made out of gold. And it's of himself. This guy has an ego situation going on. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. Now, I always read it like God would read it to you. Some will read it to you the way I read the Bible this morning. So these astrologers come and they go... Hey, Neb, uh, you got these guys, you know, you know, SMA, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not paying any attention to you today. And, and they're, they're not bowing 
down to your, your, your decrees and your God. How I many you know people talk like that? Verse 13. Furious with rage. You ever seen anybody furious? I mean, veins are popping, sweat, red. Furious. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. How do you handle peer pressure today? How do you respond in situations you find yourself in in life? How do you respond when it gets really, really hot? You see, leadership, Christianity, is a very lonely life. Not everybody understands why you have the convictions you have and why you make the choices you make. It gets very lonely because everybody else is doing one thing and you're doing something else. You see, these men were being challenged on their convictions in a fire. Remember Nehemiah sent back to build a wall? Man, he had all kind of threatening letters. He had all kind of things that were said against him. And he had every chance and every choice to come down off that wall. But Nehemiah took a stand. He stood up and he finished that wall because that's what God called him to do. Look at verse 4. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp and pipe and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Yeah, you must fall down. This is not a choice. This is going to happen. You will do this. Have you ever been put in that position? I have. I've been put in that position in many areas of my life. You have to do it this way. You must do it this way. These men had to learn a new language, new culture, new customs, peer pressure, everything. And now they're put to the test. Will you stand up in the middle of the pressure? Will you do it? And I got to tell you, it's easy to stand up when everybody's standing up. It is. It's easy as a church for you to stand up when everybody's standing up. But it's hard for you to stand up when everybody else has fallen down. Because we just feel the pressure. Everybody else is doing this. You know, how many of you ever told that story to your parents? Everybody's doing it. The old story is, well, if everybody jumps off a bridge, would you too? Yeah, we would. We would. Because everybody's doing it. Yeah. Everybody is doing it. On this day, King Neb is set up. But these men stand up when everybody else falls down. How do they do that? How do you do that today in our culture? You stand up with confidence. You've got to have convictions that you have confidence in. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Neb, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. You know us, king. You know that we are Jews. You know that we serve Jehovah God. And because you've brought us in here, you've taught us your languages, your culture, your worship, doesn't mean that's who we are. You know who we are. We have confidence. We have convictions. And we serve one God and one God alone. You, we don't need to defend ourselves. You already know this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, are you confident in your God today? 
Now, come on, I'm talking about it when everybody's falling down, when the fire's getting hot. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. They're facing death. They're looking the king in the eye. Right in the eye. This is not a phone call. This is not a text. This is not social media. This is face to face. A fire. Here's the choice. Bow, burn. Bow or burn. Most of the time in our lives today, we're not making decisions of bow or burn. We're just making decisions that our friends will no longer be our friends. Our social structure may change because the rest of the social circle is going this way and we have to determine I've got to go this way because in this matter you know who I am. We're not facing bow or burn, but we are in the plane of pain. The plane of Dura can be a plane of pain if we're not careful and make the right choices. You see, they understood their God. They said, our God. They had relationship with their God. They knew their God. They had confidence in their God. They understood what it meant to serve God. It's easy to make a choice today to serve God. I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. That's easy to do. But it's hard to walk it out in your faith. It is hard to make that into action when you go back to school on Monday. Well, everybody's doing this. Uh, I'm the only virgin in the 10th grade. Yeah. I'm the only person that's not going to the big drunk party Friday night after the games. I'm the only person that's not doing this or that. It's tough to stand. I was there. Yeah. I was there in high school. I was there with all the pressures. It hasn't changed from generation to generation. It's still just as hard to stand today as it was then. But I had to stand because you don't have to be convinced anything about this matter. I know my God. And I know he will deliver me. And I know he will help me throughout my school and my social status and my friends. Listen, I didn't get invited to all the parties. That's okay. I was okay with that. I didn't get invited to all the things. Why? Because they knew not to ask. Because I was making different choices. But they also knew that when they had trouble in their life, guess who they came to in high school? Hey, hey, Dwayne, uh, would you mind saying a prayer? Man, I'm in a really tough spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I pray for you, but let's first get something straight. You need to make different choices and get you out of these spots. You see, I believe there's accountability. We've got to make our action right. And today, all of you face it in your workplace. You face it in your home, your friends, neighbors, all those things are asking today, what kind of God do you have? They knew their God and they knew they could stand up in the middle of the pressure. But they not only knew their God, here's another important thing. They knew each other. Three of them standing there. And they had confidence in each other that you will not bow and make me stand here by myself. They knew that all three of them were going to stand up in the middle of this pressure. And sometimes people will say things when it comes like this in the pressure of their lives. They'll say, I'll bow. Uh, it's, it's just for looks. You know, it's the king's day and I don't want to mess up his day. It's just for looks. Some people say, well, it's just this one time. It won't make a big deal. Let's, Shadrach, just bow one time. It's not a big deal. Some people will say, well, if I bow, nobody will notice. Nobody will know. It's okay. Or, it's not that big of a deal. We can, it really, I mean, come on. It's not that big of a deal. It is. 
You see, just once is a big deal. So if you don't believe it's a big deal, ask David about just once. Just once. Ask Samson about just once. Ask Judas just once. Ask Lot just once. Ask Moses just one time. He didn't speak. He hit that rock. Ask the rich young ruler just once. You see, just once, fire can do a lot of destruction in your life. Just one time, it can destroy you not only today, but in decades to come in the rest of your life. Some of you are here today and you got burned early in life. You made a wrong decision. And it's still the enemy uses that in warfare in your mind. He'll bring it back to the forefront. Because just once matters. The fire can destroy you just once. We've got to stand up with confidence. We've got to make sure that we've got some friends around us in our spiritual life who know how to stand up and fire, who know how to stand up when the pressure is on. And you can go to your friends and go, hey, my, my marriage is in trouble, my kids are in trouble, my finances, my health, whatever it may be, is in trouble. Hey, we'll stand with you. The Bible says when you have done everything you know how to do to stand in your own strength, stand in the strength of God. And these men had done everything they knew to do, but they were standing in the strength of God. I know the God I serve, and He is able. He's able to deliver me. Are you confident in your God today? Don't get in the fire moment and then question your fire plan. Stay in the moment and say, I know my God. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, Confident, I know, I know, I know. Being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Today, church, it's time for us to get... Oh, come on, give God a hand clap of praise. It's confidence in God. Hallelujah. My God that I know is able. And then you've got to stand up to circumstances. Yeah. I like verse number 18. We all like the previous verse, but our verse 18 makes it real. But even if he does not, well, I don't want to hear that one, Pastor. Don't, you should have stopped. Hey, I'm talking about real life. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not. Everybody say that with me. We will not. Say it again. We will not. Make it personal. I will not. I will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Our convictions are not based on God's performance. Come on. I've seen a lot of people get thrown into the fire, get into hot situations, and... They went through the fire and all of a sudden they said, well, if that's the kind of God there is, I don't want that. Huh? I want my convictions to determine how God performed. No, no, no. The performance is not God's. The performance is ours. How are you going to handle it when you have to walk? You see, God does not guarantee we will have no fires. But God does guarantee that when you do have fires, whoa, whoa, what, what, wait. I'm gonna come on, come on. I'm getting ready to preach in about five minutes. This is all just getting you ready. God is a sovereign God. And God does what God wants to do, but God sees your future, and He may see that burning off the plane of pain today is going to give you glory tomorrow. You see, we've got to have God's perspective, not our perspective. 
There's been times where if I was God, <laughs> I know what I would have done. If some of you are here today and you've had some tough times in life, I've had some tough ones. I got to tell you, I've had some, some times where I was on the plane of Dura, going through the plane of pain, and I was sitting there going, God, I need you to come through. I need you to come through. And guess what? I had to go through fire. He didn't deliver me out. I'm like, Lord, this, this is not right. I thought, he goes, what the enemy caused for your destruction, I'm going to bring about for your good. Woo! Yeah. I can look back over my life and go, oh, I see it now. But in the middle of it, you see, it's not based upon God's performance because convictions cause combustions. <laughs> Woo! You get hot. Here they are in the plain of pain. It's getting hot. Look at verse 21. These men wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and all the other clothes. They're, they're dressed like the Babylonians because the king made them dress like that. They were bound, thrown into a blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. God never promises to keep us out of the fire. But he does promise to walk in the fire with us. I'm going to get you there. King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, Well, King, no sense to look over there because it's just going to be nothing. It's no sense to watch what's going on. They're consumed. The soldiers are, are dead. So you know they're dead. You got to read the Bible. The king leaped. This was not a kingly activity. He leaped with amazement and asked his advisors this question. What? Let me ask, did we not throw three men in there? Yes, oh king, there were three. <laughs> and we tied them up, threw them in the fire, right? Yeah, they're gone. Tell you what, everybody's watching you. Your convictions send messages. And when you go through fire, everybody's watching. And some people are watching to see you become a crispy critter. I'm telling you, you got some people rooting against you when you go through the hard times. Oh, they're going, oh, they're going to bow. They're going to bow. This, this is going to do them in. There's no way they're coming out of this thing alive. And you just get in that plane of pain and you stand. You stand with confidence. You stand in the middle of all the combustion going on in your life. And people are watching you. Believe me, they are watching you like they watched the pastor in his fishbowl. They're watching you. How are they going to respond? Are they going to come to work all depressed and sad? Are they going to take the Lord's name in vain? Are they going to quit going to church? Are they going to quit believing? Are they going to quit their Bible? Because I'm just watching. And all of a sudden you walk into work on a Monday morning. How was your weekend? Oh, it was good. Really? 
How's your life? It is awesome. God is in control. Oh, really? I thought your marriage was about to be broken up. I thought your kids were on drugs. I thought this, I thought your life was going in crazy chaos. No, I got to tell you something today. I know the God I serve, and I will not bow in this time of pressure. I'm going to walk through the fire because I know, I know, I know. I've got confidence that who began something in me is going to finish it. You got to say that in the middle of the persecution and the fire, whatever situation. You got to say that to everybody around you. You know why? Because that'll help you to stand. Now you've made a choice. Now you've taken a stand. He said, Look, there are four men in the fire. They're walking around, they're not bound up. And look at this they were unbound and unharmed. Whoo! And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Oh, somebody, you feel that? Woo. I just felt, I felt that hit me. I don't know about you. Unbound. I'm telling you, sin will bind you up. Compromise will bind you up. And get you so bound up, you can't worship God. You can't lift your hands. You can't come into church without, without feeling just miserable all the time. Listen, God is here today. Maybe he wants to put you in a fire to get you unbound, to set you free so you can walk around with him. Maybe he's here today to let you know there's not any harm going to come to you. I know it looks really bad. I know I could have delivered you beforehand, but I've got an entire nation at stake here. I've got more involved than just you, and they need to see you stand in the middle of a fire with convictions and confidence no matter how combustible it is because we got thousands of people who need not to bow to an idol but need to bow their knee to Jehovah God. It's not just you and me today. People are watching you. People are watching you. What will you do? What will you do? Most theologians believe that was the pre-incarnate Christ of Matthew chapter 2. Jesus himself, the fourth man, came down and walked in that fire with him. Hallelujah. I got to tell you, he loves you. He loves you so much. And I don't care how the culture changes things. He does not change. He does not change. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how much people put you in the plane of pain. I don't care how many times they, they, they push you away. You will never be alone. Never will you be alone. He says, for I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And when you're in the middle of that fire, it feels like you're all alone. It feels like, hey, why are we getting thrown into the fire? They never questioned it. They never said, hey, wait a minute, God, what, what? No, they said, okay, if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. If I have to go through this fire, that's okay. Because I know somehow God's going to turn it around for good. That's what the writer of Romans says. That God causes all things to work around for good. It's not good going through it. We don't understand it. We're confused. We say, God, I don't, I don't know what you're doing here, but I've got confidence in you. The rope's burned off. Has anything gotten you bound up? He allowed no harm to come to him. I want to tell you, he'll take care of you. I have the smell of fire on me just from putting a hot dog over the fire at the campground. 
I smell like fire. These men were thrown into a furnace, had not even the smell of fire on them. When God delivers us out of the fire church, he takes away all the past. All the past. You may have been hooked on drugs for all of your life, but when people look at you, they won't even smell drugs on you anymore. They won't smell anything on you from the past because God just lets the fire consume it. All the wood, hay, and stubble is gone. The fire. Isaiah 43, 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Hallelujah. Fireproof your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will not be burned. You will not even have a hint of smoke on your life. You may say, Pastor, how does this happen? It happens because, number one, you've got convictions. It's time for us Christians to have convictions again based upon the Word of God. And then we've got to have ability not to compromise no matter how the situation looks. We've all been placed in moments of compromise, haven't we? If you've been placed in a moment of compromise where you could have made the compromising decision in your life, raise your hand right now. Come on. Yeah. I didn't say you compromised. You were put in the place of compromise. Yeah. Because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to see everybody else fall. Do you have the confidence to stand? Do you have to look at the enemy and say, we don't even have to talk about this matter? One time I told my kids we had a conversation. I said, oh, you think this is a discussion? This was not a discussion. Yeah. I don't have to have a discussion about this matter. My mind is made up. Why? Because it is the truth of the word of God. It is not my opinion. Opinions change. It is not my definition because definitions change. But it is my conviction. I will not compromise. And then you've got to have confidence. 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 Not only will I not bow, but I know my friends, I know my church won't bow. They'll stand up. Because combustion happens in your life. Do you have a fire plan today? Do you have a plan about all the convictions in your life ahead of time? So that when the compromise opportunities comes, it's not a point of discussion or thought? Do you have a, a decision made that even if you go through the fire, I've already made up my decision. I'm not going to lose confidence in God's performance, but I'm going to gain confidence in my performance. See, sometimes God will put fires in your life. He will want to burn up some of the things in your life that would cause you to have weaknesses. I've had God burn up a lot of things in my life. I've lost a lot of good, what I thought were friends through the years, and turned out they really weren't friends. I've lost a lot of people that I thought I needed in my life, and God said, no, I'm weeding those out because you don't need them in your life. You don't need that. Because I've got this direction. Because these three men stood up, the king changed the entire worship of a nation. The whole nation, he said, now the whole nation will worship Jehovah God Almighty. Because somebody stood up. They didn't bow. 
They said, if you have to burn, I burn. And today I understand where we are in our culture and the pressures to bow. The pressures to just go, ah, it's not that big. I don't want to cause any waves at work. Uh, Pastor, you, do you understand the position that I'm in in life? And, and I really, no, I understand. also understand that God's put you in that position for a reason. God's put you in that position for a reason for you to stand. For you to stand up. You see, whether I preach this message to you today or I preach it in a foreign country or I'm standing on the steps of the White House given the opportunity to speak to a nation, I preach the same message. The Word of God is still the same. And the challenge would still be the same. Do you have a fire plan? Have you made your convictions with confidence? Do you know your God in such a way I know in whom I have believed? Yeah. Because it's going to be challenged. In every area of your life, it will be challenged. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.